in one more minute. Oh, tell me why. Oh, tell me why. Why you lie? Oh, tell me why. Oh, tell me why. Oh, tell me why. Oh, why you lie? I think we can begin. I'm on? You mean I was sitting over here just doing these vocal exercises and you were just letting it go? My good. I'm live on YouTube. I'm live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com in just a sec. In just one little sec. I'm going to be live on Facebook Live. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, mothers and brothers, sisters and cousins, aunts and uncles, third cousins, twice removed, and all of you. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. This is your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world. Today, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, our Arizona time. Truth be told, Arizona is not on Mountain Standard Time right now, although it's in the Mountain Standard Time area, but we don't do daylight savings time here. Hello, Tina and Mike. Hello. Good to see you guys. Um, so right now it's the same time here as it is in California. Then when daylight savings time is over, then we're an hour ahead of California, but never really. Uh, the only thing we're number, the only thing we'll be ahead in right now at that time will be We'll be one hour ahead, and we'll be number one in coronavirus cases. You know, um, a long time ago, somebody said, um, when I was a young guy uh, starting out, uh, th thank you, Glenn. Glenn says, happy coronavirus day. Um, what'd you get me? Um, uh, somebody said, you know, you think you want to see your name in the papers, but most of the time you don't. Most of the time you see your name in the papers, it's not good. Uh, to be in the news is not good. Um and certainly, to realize that you are in the hot spot of the nation, coronavirus-wise, is not good. Uh, we're handling it. We're dealing with it. People are keeping their spirits up. People are doing what they can. Um, but uh, we're in the news. We're number one. We're number one. Uh, our governor's name is Ducey, and he is a doozy. Um, I, you know what? I don't know what it's like to be in their position right now where they have to make these kind of decisions and you keep help hoping that you made the best decision and you've got pressure from upstairs, i.e. Uh, the Trump administration and pressure from downstairs from your, uh, your health director and uh, so many mayors in your city. You got all this pressure and you just go, I just want to do the right thing. But uh, if you weren't trained to do the right thing, if you were trained to do the most expedient thing, if you were trained to do the easiest thing, if you were trained to do what will be best for your small group, thinking that it will all trickle down to everyone else, you're probably going to make some uh, tough decisions during tough times and uh, wrong decisions. And right now, I think we all agree that this state opened up far. Just had an album kind of like a ghost, like an album kind of flipped behind me. None of you saw it, but damn it, I did. Um, a lot of wrong decisions have been made right now. A lot of wrong ones. We're seeing the people who stayed closed down for a long time able to keep a handle on their cases, and the people who opened up too early, uh, it is running rampant. And then you've got California, where uh, it's a mishmash because it's such a large place. 
So uh, anyway, I hope you're safe. I hope you're sound. Um, um, <laughs> Tina and Mike say uh, we are we're handing it to the Trump administration. Not um, tough time. Tough time for everybody. So, uh, but we're, like I said, we're all making it through. And we make it through every day by taking a break, a diversion. This is an absolute diversion from everything that we normally do every day here in the home studios at ComedySchools.com. All the little minutiae it takes to run a little home-based, now currently home-based business, uh, up to uh, teaching classes and putting on shows, primarily on Zoom. And I got a great one for you this Sunday, by the way. This Sunday, if you're looking to be entertained, and who isn't looking to be entertained on Sunday, uh, Sunday night? Um, at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time, I've got, it's the return of Tony Vizic Presents Sunday Night's Funnier. Uh, four great comics, some that you uh, already began to follow, guys like Travis Minor, will be on the show uh, Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, easy to purchase tickets. Go to ComedySchools.com or ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com and the link will be there and you can purchase tickets for this great show. When you purchase a ticket for that show, you are... Purchasing three things. You're purchasing entertainment. Yes, you are. Um, and great entertainment, I might add. You are uh, buying into the American economy because we use portions of the proceeds to pay the comics. And you are being charitable because portions of the money goes to local food banks in our area here. Three things for 10 bucks. Three for 10. Three for 10, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we got that going on. Also, also, um, hello, Kelly. Hello, Randy. Also, Thursday night. It's class two of our beginning comedy workshop. Still not too late to join. If you think, man, I got to do something new. I got to do something outside of the box. I do something different. I'm starting to settle in. Just go to comedyschools.com and pay and register there. Or write me here on Messenger or uh, write me at comedyschools at hotmail.com. We can get you signed up. Are you starting to go through that? Are you like settling in in a little ways that you didn't really think that you would? Uh you know, um, I lost a lot of weight at the beginning of this. It's slowly, slowly starting to come back. I was eating healthier. I'm starting to junk food out, junk food it out a little more. So uh, not saying happy and not saying normally comfortable, but as we become comfortable with this, at the beginning, a lot of us went, all right, I'm going to use this time productively, okay? And I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to take care of my health. I'm going to clean up my house. I'm going to uh, paint. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to learn how to play guitar. I'm going to learn a new language. I learned comedy. A lot of us started doing that. But slowly, after a while, we start slipping back into an old routine, into our old ways, you know. Uh, and you know what? If your life is constant excitement, excitement can become boring. And if your life is kind of constant, not excitement, which most of us are, most of our lives are right now, uh, then the boredom comes easily. With, come, with boredom comes inertia. So don't do that to yourself. You know, rededicate yourself to that workout program. My big problem now is part of mine was walking my dog an hour every morning. And man, it's just too hot to walk, to walk a dog right now. Even the dog's not complaining. Uh, Tina Mike Lowe said spicy cheeses. I was just eating some. That's what, <laughs> you know, I had breakfast this morning. And then I thought, well, I don't want to eat a big meal right before the show. So I thought I'll have a little snack. We got tons of delicious, healthy food, good food and healthy food. In our refrigerator, I went right to the pizzas and spicy cheeses, and God damn it, I'll admit it right now, along with a couple of small uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> so that's what inspired us. If I'm doing it, maybe other people are doing it. 
Maybe other people are slipping into some sort of inertia and back to bad habits. But uh, I'm, we're not going to do it. We're going to learn something new. We're going to do new things. I'm looking for new ways to reinvigorate the business and looking for other fun hobbies that I can do uh, that are fun that I can learn. Maybe I'll learn another language. You know what might be cool? Oh, I, got, I do not have any of my mustache. No, I don't. That's a lie. <laughs> I might learn another language or I might actually learn how to uh, speak proper English. Uh, who knows? All right. Uh, this show is built around three things, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, your questions or comments left on Facebook Live, YouTube on Comedy Schools or on Comedy Schools, RadioNetwork.com. Uh, some of you are already having fun with the comment section. Uh, I don't. How about YouTubers? You see any cheese? My... No, there's not. There's not. Okay. <laughs> uh, do I have any of my shirt? No, no, none that you can tell. Um, I tend to get food on my shirt. How much do I tend to get food on my shirt? Uh, my daughter, Alicia, and I uh, go to a lot of basketball games together, or have up to this point. And uh, I was there, I think, with her and with my wife, Shirley, one time we're eating. And all of a sudden I go, oh, I got mustard on my shirt. And Alicia has been going to basketball games with me since she was 10 for, you know, a couple of decades. And I went, it's not a basketball game till my dad gets mustard on his shirt. So um, I don't think I got anything on this one, though. Um, so we're having fun with the comments. I also share with you some knickknacks, memorabilia, autographs, mementos, useless trinkets that I have here around the home office. And I recommend two pieces of music or two artists based on my vast vinyl album collection. And I'm going from ying to yang on the music today, you guys. Ying to yang. One that I have a personal connection with, uh, someone who I know, and one that I have no personal connection with, except that I love their music. But let's get to the stuff. I'm going to show you. I got another book today. So here, look at this. So this is, you see that? What does that say? That says, Comedy USA Talent Directory. And this was the, this was the indispensable Bible for anyone who is booking comedy clubs. Uh, this one came out in 1996. There was a thicker one you could order too. But this listed every working comic in the country. And in this particular one, every manager or agency. Everyone. And you could buy advertisements and stuff. But if you were doing what I was doing in 1996, which was a hybrid of uh, owning a club, touring as a comic, and also booking uh, shows uh, around the country, this you had to have. And now it is useless. They went out of business a number of years ago because online just made it useless. But this was the, end of, this was the only gathering where you went, we need to get a hold of so-and-so. Let's find out who the agent is. You could, you could look them up and it would list there. Or you could look, look at the agency and see who they handle. And uh, it made booking comics very, very easy. The weird thing is, as I go through it, the people who rose, the people who fell, the people who disappeared, um, seeing names here that I haven't thought of since the 90s. Uh, I just came across a name here, Mark McCullum. Mark McCullum was considered one of the best and funniest acts coming out of the Holy City Zoo in the uh, 1980s. Uh, incredibly funny guitar act. Nobody could follow him. Good looking guy. Came down to Los Angeles and supposedly, supposedly his signature piece. Now, this is just a story, which was Elmer Fudd singing Stairway to Heaven, which was hilarious. Uh, I first heard it from Robin Williams. And supposedly, that was one of those infamous stories 
of where Robin uh, lifted someone's bit and used it. Um, there were stories about Robin Williams, incredibly talented guy, great actor, great performer, great empathy, able to crawl in the skin of others and really, really, really inhabit a character in a way that made him compelling to watch. And Funny, Funny Man on Stage was not the best writer in the world. That's the way it goes a lot of times. Oftentimes the best performer is not the best writer. The best writer is not the best performer. There are those that are a combination of two. That is what we try to teach you at ComedySchools.com, how to develop both of those traits. But supposedly lifted them. Supposedly that pretty much devastated Mark. Robin was, the excuse I heard about Robin Williams is he would watch you laugh his ass off three days later, totally forget. The thing would pop back in his head and totally forget that he heard you say it. He was just a sponge constantly absorbing things and some of the things he absorbed was um other people's acts mark mccullum also had problems because he was a guitar act and it was hard to have him on television because then you have to pay um uh, musical rights and those can become expensive you know when you see a movie like casino martin scorsese's casino and you hear all the music in it there was tens of millions of dollars just spent on musical rights you know, uh, there is a scene, a series of scenes that takes place in a casino. And you realize what, the, what a genius Martin Scorsese is because it's a series of scenes dealing with, uh, um, um, dealing with uh, um, not Robert De Niro's character. Why am I blanking on a name that I've known my entire life? Uh, not Robert De Niro's character, but um, Joe Pesci's character. Yeah, that's right, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's character dealing with him being a robber out in uh, Vegas. And the whole time, the whole time they play the entire uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking by the Rolling Stones, which is about a seven and a half minute song with a voiceover from De Niro. And it's an incredible piece of film because he plays the entire song and it never breaks. But it must have cost him a fortune to buy that song. Uh, and there's other great songs uh, in that movie. But Mark McCullum was a music act, and because he was a music act, it was hard for him to get on television, and um, I haven't heard from him in about 20 years. I hope he's doing well. Uh, anyway, this is something you had to have. It, it's just an example of, uh, here's a guy, Doc Barham. I don't know whatever happened to Doc. Doc's still around, I think, maybe. Uh, who else we got in here uh, that I've, that were around? Anyway, um, just an example of how technology puts some things out of business, you know, because um, all of a sudden this indispensable book that you had to have so that you could track everybody down, uh, the Internet made that totally unnecessary uh, because you could just find them on the Internet. Um, John Ratzenberger's in here. John Ratzenberger, who uh, played one of the two guys that played the postman and hung out at the bar stool in the uh, TV show Cheers. He's down here as a... Um, Stand-up comic. Some guys went on. Brad Reeder is listed as a comic uh, with Laugh Tracks Comedy. But he went on to become a club owner and bought one of the best clubs in the country, Charlie Goodnights. Anyway, I could go down memory lane with this book forever. But just to give you an idea of things that one time were indispensable that are totally useless. This talent directory from Comedy USA, which was the Bible for everybody in the business, is now by the wayside because of the internet. And that happens with so many things, doesn't it? And you know what happened with floppy disks? Remember floppy disks? You know? Totally useless. How many of you have things? I have things out my garage that you bought that were indispensable for uh, 
storing stuff on your computer, uh, our uh, old PCs, uh, uh, desktop PCs. Hardly anybody buys those anymore. Uh, and we move along rapidly, but we really moved rapidly along away from uh, paper product to read on, um, which is why I think a lot of us don't read books anymore. Not that a lot of us read books to begin with, but uh, the internet and reading on our phone uh, may have destroyed the entire, or really done damage to the printing industry. Some say that's good because you use less trees, you cut down less trees, but they'll find another reason to cut down trees that is not as uh, fulfilling as reading a book. Um, Mike Lawson says, I have a floppy dick. Well, good for you, and thanks for sharing. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, let's get to the music, okay? Uh, the first one falls in that category of albums I've had since they first came out. I saved up and bought this album. This is, and it's a perfect uh, look at uh, a time and a place and a type of music. This is the Grateful Dead's very first album. Grateful Dead's very first album. So you can see it pretty good there on uh, YouTube. Look at that cover. And you can see I've owned it for a long time. Just look how beat up it is. So there's the boys. There's the original lineup. Okay. Uh, and the original lineup was Bob Weir, Pigpen, Bill the Drummer, Jerry Captain Trips Garcia, and Phil Lesh. So it's important to note that when they uh, talk about Dead and Company now, and this is not a put down or a, or a, hey, this is a bullshit thing. Talk about Dead and Company. They talk about the three of the original members, but Mickey Hart, yeah, they have two drummers, Bill Crutzman and Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart was not an original member of the Grateful Dead. The original were uh, Bob Weir, uh, Rod McKernan, whose nickname was Pigpen, Bill Crutzman, Jerry, and his nickname was Captain Trips Garcia for reasons so very obvious if you ever read a little bit about him, and Phil Lesh on bass. So um, on this album, they did uh, Golden Road to Unlimited Devotion, Beat It On Down the Line, Good Morning Little Schoolgirl, Cold Rain and Snow, Sitting on Top of the World, Cream Puff War, Morning Dew, New Minglewood Blues, and Viola Lee Blues. And I think the only one that they wrote, let's take a look. Almost all of these were old blues tunes. What's amazing is how much of uh, rock music was based on music of the 20s and 30s. Uh, Golden Road and Limited Devotion was not written by them. Beat On Down the Line was written by Jesse Fuller, a great old blues uh, hollerer. Good Morning Little Schoolgirl uh, by a guy named... Uh, H.G. Damaris, Cold Rain and Snow, not written by them. Sit on Top of the World, Cream Puff War was written by Jerry Garcia, one. And then going to side two, Morning Dew, beautiful anti-war song done by many, but really owned in a sense by the uh, Grateful Dead, uh, by Dobson and Rose. Um, New Minglewood Blues by someone else and Viola Lee Blues. So on their first album, the Grateful Dead only had one original composition. One original composition. And the rest were old blues tunes. Is you know That's how so many of those guys learned how to play, was by playing old blues songs. Playing those because they, you know, they, so, they were so the forerunners of rock and roll. Hold on, I want to do something here. Sometimes what's cool with these things is uh, uh, what goes on... They, on the inside, on the inner sleeve. So uh, the inner sleeve here uh, lists out all the, uh, a lot of the bands that Warner Brothers had on, um, had on their label. 
uh, on their country label, they had Johnny Rodriguez, Statler Brothers, Farron Young, Clifford Brown, yeah. uh, and their rock, their uh, rock category, they had Kraftwerk, Ray Manzarek, Ray Manzarek by himself, Golden Scarab, uh, Neil Merriweather, and the New York Dolls. I didn't know they went that far back. Uh, on the back of it was a uh, bulletin. Look at that. You know, how much more did America used to read? We used to read the inner sleeves. And this was Buyer's Bulletin, Tape Piracy, Everyone's Problem. And a whole article about uh, how you make sure that you don't buy pirated music, which um, if you're a poor kid from Jefferson County, you didn't care about because you had to save up some time a month to get an album like this. So if you want to list something cool, just put in YouTube, Grateful Dead's first album. And what you'll hear is a sound that really isn't used anymore, but has grown which was dubbed psychedelic music or acid rock, which they um, probably not on purpose, but quite organically created. So it's a real it's a real snapshot in time to go back and listen to the Grateful Dead, not the live versions, because the live versions mutated into something completely different. But the very first recording of the Grateful Dead doing Morning Dew uh, and just hear the difference, hear the difference and how they sounded just a few years later, how, how that nothing in music sounds like that now, but so much grew out of it. Okay, all right. So the next album, like I said, we were going to go from uh, one thing completely to another. Here's, this is from the 80s now, okay? Here we are, Jack Wagner, ladies and gentlemen. Jack Wagner, that's right. I own a Jack Wagner album, Jack Wagner album. Jack Wagner had one, and by the way, this album was produced by Quincy Jones. I've known Jack Wagner is for years. He was on General Hospital. I think he was on uh, Melrose Place, maybe the new Melrose Place. Uh, Good-looking guy. Uh, infamous, and he'd probably hate me for bringing this up, is that uh, when HBO and Showtime were new, Showtime did the first all-nude soap opera. So it was a soap opera, only the bedroom scenes, everybody was naked with simulated sex, and Jack was in that. Jack was in that. Uh, his one hit off of this album was uh, All I Need. All I Need. It's just a little more time, to be sure. Jack also went on to do a lot of Broadway stuff. Um, an avid golfer. You Sometimes you'd see him on celebrity golf shows. Um, I'm pretty sure that All I Need was uh, I thought Quincy Jones produced that song for him. I could be wrong. So why do I have a Jack Wagner album? Okay, first off, All I Need is a pretty good song, a pretty good 80s song, you know, right up there with Paul Young uh, and Every Time You Go Away and uh, uh, songs like that, if you like those sort of uh, uh, love songs, those pop-ish love songs. Uh, I knew Jack Wagner really well. Jack Wagner is from Washington, Missouri, which is about 15, 20 miles south of House Springs, Missouri. He was from Washington, Missouri. Uh, one night while I was uh, taking a leak at a bar in West Hollywood where I attended a bar called Sloan's, this guy said, hey, I heard you're from St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis, too. And I went, good for you, pal. I was a little burnt out in those days. Uh, I'd gone from sex, drugs, and rock and roll to just drugs. And... Um, Later on, when I started attending bar down in Brentwood, California, at a place called uh, Mom Saloon, he was a doorman for a while. He'd already been on Showtime. He'd already been on Showtime in the uh, nude soap opera. It was now between gigs, and he was the doorman, and we became pals. 
He used to hang out at the house. We all went to a Dodger game together. The next time I saw him at a Dodger game, after he and I and my brother Jerry went, we all sat in the bleachers, saw the St. Louis Cardinals play the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, he was singing the national anthem. None of us had any idea that he was that good of a singer. Uh, and then not too long after that, he told me that he might have something going with one of the soap operas, and he got on General Hospital and had a very long career there. I was always a little surprised that he only put out, he only had one hit song. Incredible voice. Credible voice. I mean, you know, not opera, but a great voice. They could have lent itself to a lot of other stuff, but only one hit. That was it. I guess the acting career. And the acting career settled into soap operas. Soap operas. But uh, he has certainly had a long, long, long run uh, in that area. I know they did a couple of Broadway shows. So I knew Jack Wagner. This album was given to me by a guy who sometimes watches a show named Eric Snyder, who now either owns a bar or attends a bar in Las Vegas. And right around the time, um, I knew Jack all the way up to the mid-'80s. I even went to one of his concerts at the Wiltern Theater. He got me uh, tickets, and I went and saw the show. Um, and then after that, I kind of lost track of him over the years. I think my brother Jerry's ran into him a little bit uh, around town. My brother Jerry still lives in that part of Los Angeles where every once in a while in the grocery store you see a celebrity. Matter of fact, Jerry lives about just a few miles from where all the Kardashians live, but you don't see them in grocery stores. They send their minions to do that sort of thing. So Jack Wagner, one big hit in the mid-'80s, All I Need, then morphed into a decades-long acting career on uh, General Hospital and then some of the nighttime soap operas. But I knew him when he was a doorman at a place called Mom Saloon in Brentwood, California, in San Vicente. So you never know where it's going to go, ladies and gentlemen. But I tell you where the show's going to go right now. It's going to go to sleep for 24 hours. I'm not going to sleep, but the show will be off for 24 hours. But we will be back with you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time uh, with another thrilling edition of Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Thanks for watching today. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.